Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Talk Recorded live. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Saturday, April 21st, 2018, and welcome to episode number 102 of the WCWS Radio Network's uh, weekly review show. This is WCWS Power Hour. Once again, Mr. WCWS, Chad Henshaw, back on the line here with you. I'm not playing a little bit solo, but we hope to have a few more folks pop on and pop in here uh, sometime within the next, next little while. Uh, of course, today, as always, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be bringing you, of course, today in wrestling history. Plus, also, we'll be running down some key moments as to what took place during all of our shows of the past week. Plus, also here, folks, we'll be taking care of uh, some little rest- wrestling news tidbits here for uh, today. If you care to join us here, please feel free to give us a call, 1724-444-7444, call ID 141-364-POUND. And press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything that we talk about here this evening, this, this afternoon. Before we get started, ladies and gentlemen, I do have to take care of one little piece of business. So please continue to listen to our opening theme, which is, of course, the theme used by Billy Kidman during his time in WCW. We'll be right back here in just a couple of months. Thank you. 
I used to think that if you were going to go bald, there was nothing you could do about it. It's genetics. You were going to lose your hair. But now, thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Go to 4 slash deal. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Prescription solutions backed by science, written by a doctor, delivered to your door, all for just five bucks. Go to 4hams, F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash deal. When you're selling online, it's exciting to watch the orders flow in. What's not so exciting? Shipping them out. That's why you need ShipStation, the number one choice of online sellers. ShipStation automatically imports all of your orders into one simple interface so you can easily create shipping labels for all the top carriers at the lowest rate. Now, try ShipStation free for 30 days. Plus, Spotify listeners get an additional month free. Click on the banner or go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone, and enter Spotify. Sir, ladies and gentlemen, I had to take care of a little something, but uh, but uh, we had to had to take care of a little something here. But then we're back on here now. Let's go ahead and get started with our wrestling history here for today. Uh, like I said April the twenty-first to see what took place on this day <clears throat> throughout wrestling history. Forty-five years ago today, which would put it at nineteen seventy-three. Giant Baba defeated Mark Lewin to win the first ever All Japan Pro Wrestling Champion Carnival. 38 years ago today, which would put it at 19, let's see. Mm. Yes, 1980 in New York City. Ken Patera defeated Pat Patterson to win the WWF Intercontinental title. This is actually the first time the WWF, the Intercontinental title was defended as Patterson, of course, we first originally would say was awarded the title as the North American champion at the time, but in quotation marks is being called as won a tournament in Rio de Janeiro. Of course, everyone, everyone has continued to dispute that, of course, throughout, uh, throughout, throughout wrestling lore, of course. Uh, 34 years ago today, which would put it at 19, see, 1984, in my neck of the woods here, Greensboro, North Carolina, Ricky Steamboat defeated Dick Slater to win the NWA United States title. Uh, 20 years ago today, which would put it at 1998, Scott Steiner was arrested for threatening an Atlanta Department of Transportation worker and hit him twice with his Ford pickup truck when the worker who was directing traffic at the time, wouldn't let Steiner drive down a lane that was being worked on in Cherokee County. The worker, Paul Casparine, was not seriously injured. 
The following March, Steiner pled guilty to aggravated assault and making terroristic threats on a city official. The felonies carry a maximum 30-year jail sentence, but Steiner, the first-time offender, was sentenced to, sentenced to 10 days in prison, placed on seven years probation, ordered to pay $25,000 in fines, restitution, and legal costs in order to perform 200 hours in the service. Excuse me there, folks. Pardon me about that. Uh, let's see, 16, 16 years ago today, which put it at 2002, WWF presented backlash from the Kemper Arena in Kansas City. 12,489 were in attendance with 400,000 homes watching on pay-per-view. That's up from 375,000 for the 2001 event. This was the first WWF pay-per-view at the Kemper Arena since Owen Hart's tragic death at Over the Edge in May of 1999. This was also the last domestic pay-per-view under the WWF name, as a British court decides a few weeks later they can no longer use the WWF name. Of course, match, and of course, match ratings are from Wrestling Observer Newsletter's Dave Meltzer, as recorded in the Internet Wrestling Database. Ratings are out of a possible five stars. In a Sunday Night Heat pre-show match, the Big Show defeated Justin Credible and Steven Richards in a two-on-one handicap match. <clears throat> Tajiri defeated Billy Kidman to win the WWF Cruiserweight title. This match received three, three and a half out of five stars. Scott Hall defeated Bradshaw. This match received 0.25 out of five stars. Jazz defeated Trish Stratus to retain the women's title, 1.5 out of five stars. Brock Lesnar defeated Jeff Hardy, another 1.5 out of 5. Kurt Angle defeated Edge, 4.25 out of 5 stars. Eddie Guerrero defeated RVD to win the Intercontinental title, 3.25 out of 5 stars. The Undertaker defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin to become the number one contender for the undisputed WWF title. Ric Flair was a special referee, 2.25 out of 5 stars. Billy and Chuck defeated Maven and Al Snow to retain the tag team titles. 2.25 out of 5. And Hulk Hogan defeated Triple H to win the undisputed WWF title. This was Hogan's first WWF championship since 1993, at the time the second longest drought between championship reigns in WWF history. This match, believe it or not, only received 1.25 out of 5 stars. 14 years ago today, which would put it at uh, 2004, at an NWA Teenage Weekly pay-per-view taping in Nashville, AJ Styles defeated Jeff Jarrett to win the NWA World Heavyweight title. <clears throat> Excuse me there. Ten years ago today, which would put it at 2008, WWE presented King in the Ring on a special edition of Raw from Greenville, South Carolina. In a dark match, Ron Killings defeated Trevor Murdoch. Of course, Ron Killings, you know later on, is our truth the quarterfinals of this was as follows. Chris Jericho defeated MVP by submission. CM Punk defeated Matt Hardy. Bailey defeated the great Kali by DQ. And William Regal defeated Hornswoggle by submission in just 18 seconds. The semifinals, CM Punk defeated Jericho. And William Regal defeated Finley by knockout. And in the final match, William Regal defeated CM Punk to win the King of the Ring tournament. <clears throat> Some three non-tournament bouts in order of, of their occurrence. Carlito defeated Hardcore Holly. Uh, 
this was kind of a, this was around the time, uh, of course, during the time of the uh, presidential uh, race, or seven months before we would decide who would, be, who would uh, win the presidency in 2008. Uh, Barack Obama fought Hillary Clinton to a no contest when Umaga took out both the competitors. And also, Randy Orton, Edge, Chavo, and JBL defeated The Undertaker, Kane, Triple H, and John Cena. Ten years ago, also 2008, TNA announces via press release a campaign to, quotation marks, cross the line and change the future of professional wrestling. Here is the, story, here is the press release as, as, as follows. TNA Wrestling launches Cross the Line campaign to challenge fans across the world to change the future of professional wrestling. Nashville, Tennessee, April 21st. Total Nonstop Action, or TNA Wrestling, today officially announced its launch of Cross the Line, a worldwide marketing campaign to brand TNA as a call for action for fans of professional wrestling. Cross the Line will encourage fans who have never watched TNA to try it. Current TNA fans to recruit others, Wrestling starts from around the world to cross the line and join TNA as the official launch of TNA's revolution to call out the competition. The Cross the Line will be supported by a multi-layer advertising and marketing campaign, including electronic and print placements and a variety of interactive initiatives. During its first ever live telecast of TNA Impact on March 27th on Spike TV, TNA, <coughs> TNA premiered Cross the Line with a 30-second commercial, a new opening ID tag, and new wrestling fans who attended from around the globe became the first to cross the line of yellow, yellow TNA caution tape entered the, into the Impact Zone at Universal Studios. Impact drew capacity crowds for both the live event and two additional shows throughout the weekend, with thousands more fans being turned away. TNA Impact has grown viewership from its original weekly episode airing to 1.5 million viewers and on average per week, which more than doubles the original total average viewership of his debut shows on Spike TV in October of 2005. We have been overwhelmed by the support and passion of TNA fans. Their demand for TNA cannot be silenced, and that energy is what Cross the Line is all about. Nothing challenges the establishment of professional wrestling more than the sound of millions of wrestling fans chanting TNA, and this was said by, at the time, TNA President Dixie Carter. And I do see we have uh, someone here on the line here, and I do believe, if I'm not too much mistaken, it is, yes, indeed, we do have, I do believe it is uh, the Iceman himself here, DiGiromo, has now joined us. Uh, let's bring let's bring him in, bring him in now. Uh, J.D., of course, the 2015-17 Hall of Famer, and also, of course, part of the team that brings you WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoe.com. Uh, J.D., welcome to number 102 of Power Hour. Two past the 100. Good to be here, but I do have some sad news to report, though. Okay, but we'll take a break with our, from our history today. Folks, J.D. has a breaking story. Please go ahead, J.D. Vern Troyer, the actor best known as Mini-Me, who had, had been a pretty good actor and had had some severe bouts of depression, has passed away today at the age of 49. Oh no! Oh yes! Oh my goodness! Remember, ladies and gentlemen, of course, the the uh, miniature superstar here, of course, worked alongside Mike Myers as his as Doctor Evil's little uh, sidekick, Mini Me, in uh, in several of the Austin Powers movies. Uh, I had I just now recently read something about this. Uh, um, it, it is 
is a sad uh, passing. Any details, J.D.? We don't know exactly the whole details yet. However, we're still finding out more details as we go along. However, but uh, we just—I just saw—I just got a phone call from my friend actually here in Pittsburgh and told me about the news. And he just—he just had a severe bout with depression. I'm gonna try to see if I can find something on it real quick. However, uh, here, but uh, yeah, apparently, however, the uh, let's see here. Uh, hold on a second. It says here, Vern Troyer, however, who rose to fame after playing Mini Me in the blockbuster Austin Powers died on Saturday, however, according to the actress reps confirming the Huffington Post. An official statement, however, my most shared Huffington Post read the following Vern was an extremely caring individual. He wanted to make everyone smile, be happy, and laugh. Anybody in need, he would help to any extent possible. Troyer's representatives did not disclose the de- cause of death yet, but said that Troyer was a fighter when it came to his own battles. Over the years, he struggled and won, struggled and won, struggled and fought some more. But unfortunately, this time was too much, however. Mm-hmm. Again, ladies and gentlemen, our condolences here in the radio network and abroad. Of course, you go out to the family, friends, and fans of this great superstar. Like I said, he may have been small in stature. He, of course, was definitely one of those who had an extremely big heart, as J.D. did mention here. Uh, so uh, thank you, J.D., for bringing but, but, this. But before we do that, Howard, I think it's only fitting we have a little funny uh, moment of of Vern's uh, career, however. And I think he just hit the nail on the head. In fact, I'll put it on right now. Yeah, please, go ahead. Hold on. Oops, I spelled it wrong. <laughs>
come in and let you know that's what I'm about to be doing. So if I hear anything more, I'll let you know. Okay, thank, thank you. I'm thank sorry to cut it so short, but my dinner is sitting there cold and it's waiting to be eaten. Oh, well, you're going right ahead, well, going right ahead and take care of it better, and thank you for that quick update. And we do appreciate it. Thank you very much. That's a nice man, J.D. Jerry Geralimo here, folks. We thank him for that, for that brief update there on the sad death of uh, Austin Powers actor, uh, the late, now the late Vern Troyer. Thank you very much there, indeed. Uh, uh, three years ago today, 2015, Tokyo Sports Magazine reported that Takeshi Morishima would retire from wrestling effective immediately. The announcement comes after a blood test reveals that Morishima had a high level of glycated hemoglobin, a sign, of course, of diabetes. Breaking into the wrestling business in 1998, Morishima was one of two dozen wrestlers in the infamous All Japan Pro Wrestling Mutiny of 2000 when Mitsuhara Masawa formed Pro Wrestling Noah. With a style comparable to, to that of the late Terry Gordy, Morishima gained fame when he went on a statewide excursion that saw him win the Ring of Honor World title in 2007 from Homicide. He was successfully defended 20 times over the next eight months. The third most successful defense in company history, Samoa Joe was second with 29, and Brian, with, and also with Brian Danielson, of course you know him as Daniel Bryan, and Nigel McGinnis having the most with 38 apiece, so a tie for first place here. Just over a year later, Morishima defeated Masawa to win the GHC heavyweight title, the top belt in pro wrestling Noah for the first time. He would win the championship again in 2012 and 14. Morishima had a pair of tryout matches for WWE in August 2008 that was ultimately passed over. A retirement ceremony was planned for later in the year, but Morishima insisted on having one more match, and the ceremony was canceled. And a somber, birth, uh, a somber birthday here. Now we have to get into the birthdays here. The day would have been the 40, yes, the 47th birthday of Brian Knighton, best known to wrestling fans as Axel Rotten. Gaining half was one half of the bad breed with John Benson Williams, also known as Ian Rotten. Axel gained notoriety in ECW in the mid-late 1990s. After losing a match to the Pitbulls, where the losing team was forced to split up, Axel and Eden engaged in a blood feud lasting a year and a half, from hair versus hair to barbed wire weapons matches. Their feud peaked in July 1995 when Axel defeated Ian in a Taipei where both men had their fists taped and covered with broken glass. Amazingly, the duo reconciled and reunited in early 1996. In 1997, he teamed with Balls Mahoney as the hardcore chair freaks. They, along with Spike Dudley and New Jack, feuded primarily with the Dudley Boys until he left ECW in early 1999. He would perform primarily on the independent circuit for the, the next decade and a half, competing notably for extreme pro wrestling, frontier martial arts wrestling, and one-off ECW reunion shows for WWE and TNA, and also non-affiliated hardcore homecoming and extreme reunions. A spinal injury in his final years forced Knighton to retire and confined him to a wheelchair. On February 4, 2016, Knighton sadly was found dead in a McDonald's bathroom in Lithica, Maryland. An autopsy later revealed it was an accidental heroin overdose that contributed to his death. He was only 44 years old. So, <clears throat> so that very, very, very sad, uh, very sad moment there indeed here, folks. Another birthday here, folks. Today is the, let's see, 
is happy 60th birthday to Edward Harrison Leslie, of course known under a more than a dozen gimmick names, including Brute Force, Brother, Brother Brute Eye, The Butcher, The Clipmaster, The Disciple, Dizzy Hogan, The Man With No Name, The Man With No Face, and The Zodiac. Leslie is best known to wrestling fans as Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Let's 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 listen to a let's listen to uh uh to some of the top uh, it's like a five minute video here. Top eighteen um uh, gimmicks from Ed Leslie. I'm going to be the first through the first many, 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 Eddie Hogan and Dizzy Hogan. And then Hogan left at the WWF, so he was brute force. Great name. What better name for a tag team? Yeah, love it. And then Baron Beefcake. Baron Von Beefcake. <laughs> Joining the WWF in 1984, he got his first proper gimmick, the vain male stripper. Brutus Beefcake. And then tagged with Craig Valentine as... The Dream Team. In 1987, he got his most famous gimmick, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, cutting his opponent's hair after knocking them out with his sleeper hold, and he rode that until his parasailing accident. He made a short WWF return, referred to informally as Furface, but it wasn't official, a masked heel with an Indian-style vest, but it was shown quickly so he could fully heal up and be Hogan's mate at the barber once again. So when the Bionic Beaver was shit-canned right after WrestleMania 9, he sat out until Hogan got his WCW contract. He showed up by the Hulkster's side as Brother Brutai, Brutai being a nickname Gorilla coined in WWF, and they couldn't call him the Barber, so then he became... The Butcher. The Stallion. Oh, no, that's the go. The Cutter. They couldn't call him the Barber, so he was the Clipmaster. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Turning heel, Brutai became the butcher. That's very good. Forming the three faces of fear with Kevin Sullivan and the former Earthquake. Oh, a uh, question, actually. What is the most you could get from being Hulk's best mate if you are in the company with him? Currency money. Okay, more than that. Uh, well, yeah, like job safety and things like that. Uh, tag team title. Higher. Main event number one contender. In wrestling. <laughs> Ed Leslie fucking main evented Starcade 94 in a world title match against Hulk Hogan. Holy Coke Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, not that's what being his mate, Dizzy Hogan. <laughs> We're not done, brother. <laughs> At this point, he's just <laughs> amusing himself. Guaranteed contract, brother. When three faces of fear booted him out, he lost his memory. Became an amnesiac. He became the man with no name. <laughs> a 
and then the man with no face. As, as, uh, as he was the man with no face, was his face showing? No, he was just healed. <laughs> you were joined Southern side in the dungeon of Doomstable as Zodiac. Very good. Wearing black and white face paint and only saying Zodiac. <laughs> Intercontinental title suffered a severe facial injury while parasailing. 
The driver mistook a cue to take off, and Leslie's friend's feet crushed his facial skeleton. Over 100 metal plates were needed to repair the damage. The injury would keep Beefcake away from the ring for more than two years. It would not be until the following year Beefcake returned to television, a masked gimmick played by Leslie in 1991 that never made the television. That's what they were, they were talking to in this video about as uh, Furface, I think is what it was referred to as, hosting a talk, talking segment called The Barbershop. The segment is most famous for Shawn Michaels' breakup of the Rockers, complete with Shawn throwing Marty Jannetty through the set's window late in the year, and also said Justice destroying the set to build his feud with Hulk Hogan. Beefcake returned to the ring in early 1993 with a disqualification victory over Teddy Biasi. Brutus's facial injuries would become storyline fodder in the run-up to WrestleMania 9, where the returning Hogan and Beefcake together as the Mega Maniacs took on Money Inc. for the tag team titles. The Mega Maniacs would gain a measure of revenge but lose on a disqualification. It would be Beefcake's final televised bout. He would wrestle exclusively on the house show circuit and internationally until his contract expired in August. Leslie followed Hogan to WCW in 1994. He appeared primarily as Hulk's bodyguard brother, Brudai, that October after Hogan defeated Ric Flair in a steel cage match. A masked man who had been attacking Hogan for months tried to attack Hogan again. This time he was caught and, un- caught and unmasked. He was revealed to be Brother Brudai, who would be renamed The Butcher. He, along with Kevin Sullivan and Avalanche, of course, you now remember him as Earthquake in the WWF, formed the three faces of fear. The feud led to Leslie's Highest profile bout, a world title main event bout at Starcade in December 1994 against Hogan, which the Butcher lost. Leslie's vendetta with Hogan will continue into the following year. The group broke up in May of 1995, at which point the Butcher became an amnesiac and would be known as the Man with No Name, also known as the Man with No Face. Leslie rejoined Sullivan later in the year as Zodiac, a black and white face painting character who only replied with yes or no. The Zodiac, as it turned out, was a mole for Hogan and his feud with Sullivan's Dungeon of Doom. After '96, Leslie became known as the Booty Man, a man infatuated with his own booty. This is a real thing that actually happened, and he had a high knee fin- finisher. Of course, actually, you know, another term for the word butt is high knee. That's where that came from. He was accompanied by the Booty Babe, Kimberly Page, and also feuded with Diamond Dallas Page. The gimmick was phased out around the time the NWO came into focus, Beefcake tried to join the group that was attacked by Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hollywood Hogan. Leslie disappeared from the WCW program for more than a year. <clears throat> Leslie would return as the almost unrecognizable disciple, Hollywood Hogan's bodyguard, in February of 1998. The disciple would be outed by Rodney Piper during his feud with Hollywood Hogan. The disciple would often assist Hogan in beatdowns of his adversaries, often using his new finisher called the Apocalypse, which was basically a version of the Stone Cold or the Stone Cold Stunner itself. Later that year, the disciple was abducted by the Warrior, of course, the Ultimate Warrior. He was brainwashed and eventually became the second member of the OWN, the One Warrior Nation. After Warrior left WCW, the disciple was essentially de pushed to jobber status for being released in January of 1999. After leaving WCW, he wrestled primarily on the independent circuit and started a wrestling school. Leslie had, was also a coach on the lone season of Hulk Hogan's Celebrity Championship Wrestling. He was on the Hulkamania Let the Battle Begin Tour of Australia in late 2009 and also competed in a celebrity boxing event, losing to competitive eater Bill Simmons. No relation to the sports journalist of the same name, of course. 
Leslie married longtime girlfriend Melissa Caruso in August 2013. He married two previous times, first to Kristen George, Georgie in 1987, then to Barbara Nagondo in 1994. Leslie has one daughter from his second marriage, 19-year-old Elena. He managed a gym in the Boston area before returning to the ring in 2010. Leslie was ranked among the best singles and tag team wrestlers in the world in the PWI years in 2003 by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, 173, and also number 94, along with Greg Valentine, respectively, and was the number 75 singles wrestler in the world by the same publication in the 1995 PWI 500. So, folks, <clears throat> you had a happy, happy 60th birthday to Ed Leslie. And also, what would have been happy 47th birthday to Axel Rotten. We do thank you very much. And also, ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you to, to the Iceman, Jerry DiGiolamo, for informing us, of course, of the of the very sad story, of course, at the, at the age of 49. <clears throat> of course, we, we lost uh, uh, Austin Powers actor, Vern Troyer. Very sad indeed. And once again, my thoughts and condolences are go out to this great celebrity. 1724-444-7444, call ID 141-364-POUND. <clears throat> this is episode number 102 of, of WWS Power Hour. This is uh, Saturday, April 2018. This is WWS Chad Henshaw here. Uh, <clears throat> uh, of course, I do want to thank the Iceman, Jeremy Jerome, for, for jumping here as well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me a second. Never mind. Uh, we'll come back to that. Uh, also, folks, let's give you a brief, uh, now let's, we'll give you a brief rundown of what took place here uh, uh, during the week here, of course, in the radio network. Excuse me for just one second here, folks. My apologies, ladies and gentlemen, we're back on here now. Let's go ahead and take care of uh, some quick business right here. Uh, uh, rundown of some of the things we did talk about here this week in the radio network. <clears throat> of course, we did give our rundowns, of course, of what took place on Monday Night Raw and Friday Night uh, and uh, Tuesday Night SmackDown Live. <clears throat> also, sadly, ladies and gentlemen, we did hear during the week, sadly, of uh, <clears throat> of two passings here in the wrestling world, that of in, uh, legendary NWA wrestler Paul Jones, number one Paul Jones, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, the big passing course of 
the legendary 2013 WWE Hall of Famer, the living legend Bruno San Martino. Uh, <clears throat> also, of course, we uh, um, did some Would You Rathers. We also talked about, of course, uh, uh, let me see, what else, what else did we do? Uh, of course, we did, like I said, talk about some very somber passings in the pop culture world. Of course, we did mention uh, it was Harry Anderson passing away at the age of 65. Uh, we did hear, let me see. Mm. And, of course, J.D. just mentioned to us about Vern Troyer. Uh Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, I will mention one other thing here during this. That I did post this on the Entertainment Cavalcade page earlier this week. I did hear that a, a legendary musician, of course, that sadly passed away the other day at a very young age, uh, Avicii, if you're familiar with him, he died at the age of 28. Uh, very, very sad there indeed. Uh, for a young, young man here, definitely uh, sadly passed away from, uh, from a very... Uh, Unique sickness there. Um, but of course, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, always, we of course also brought you everything from, uh, of course, some wrestling Jeopardy to, to some, uh, of course, some. Uh, we did have, of course, I think one wrestling match, one uh, championship match here, of course, uh, during the week, and of course, as you know, it was. Uh, let me see here if I have my notes here. Uh, uh, I know we did have one this week here, folks. Uh, yes, we did. Oh, yes, yes, of course, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, J.D., uh, of course, did get by uh, the last kicker, Anne-Marie Rickenbach, to pick up the NWA U.S. World Heavyweight title. Uh, of course, we still do have... <coughs> Several matches lined up here to take place, of course, including the Black Widow Michelle Lynn Dodds defending, defending both the AWA US and NJPW US World Heavyweight title against the Human Suplex Machine John Gross. Uh, also, folks, we do have the Human Suplex Machine John Gross and the Heartbreak Kid Fonzie because, of course, they picked exactly right during TakeOver in New Orleans uh, the other week. Uh, they will now be buying for the new WWUS North American Championship. Uh, let me see here. And I do believe Fonzie has another opportunity to go after the NWA US World Title now against JD. So we'll have to definitely wait and see what happens with that. Uh, <clears throat> all in all, ladies and gentlemen, it was a very unique uh, week here this past week. And of course, to, uh, remember tomorrow night uh, we'll have, of course, our pro promotion of where all of our shows will take place here uh, during the week here in the radio network. So be sure to listen in on that. Plus, we'll bring you some wrestling history for tomorrow as well as some other wrestling news tidbits. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, of course, I know this is not exactly, it has not exactly, exactly been a full-time hour, but uh, I think that's all for the most part that we have to bring you here today. Uh, so we do thank you very much for listening in. And, of course, once again, I do thank the Iceman, J.D. Jerry Geralmo for stopping by. Of course, the last note of the very sad, the tragic passing of Austin Powers actor Vernon Troyer at the age of 49. And speaking as, of course, for the Iceman, Jerry Geralmo, 
as well as the remainder of the panel, way too tough to handle. This is Mr. WSWS Chad Henshaw saying thank you very much for listening here this afternoon. And we will we will talk to you, of course, during our promo tomorrow night. Plus all of our shows coming up here next week here in the WWS Radio Network. Power Hour is a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com. Where we are two years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. Take care of yourselves and each other, folks. We will see you in the ring. And as always, here in the WCWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoe.com. God bless everyone and have a terrific evening. Good night, everybody. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.